Hey, welcome to a very special edition of the Create Unknown. I'm Kevin Lieber, and you're about to hear exclusive content previously only available to our patrons. We used to do bonus content for our patrons. Now we do early access. Early access. So thanks to all of our patrons, old and new. Now please enjoy listening to engineering madman William Osmond discuss some love life advice. We get to hear Matt's underground Thai food story, uh, William's grandma's loser letter, and... Of course, the Vin Diesel laser cut ham sandwich. Enjoy. Time to go through that wormhole. Whoa! Whoa! The effects are crazy. You guys do effects for this part? <laughs> Have you ever seen the, the clip or the gif of Star Trek The Next Generation? Where it like stabilized the shot. Oh, I feel like where, I have where they're seen supposed this. to be shaking. So yeah. you know, like the Enterprise got blasted or something, and the whole ship is shaking. But they yeah. somehow figured out a way to stabilize the shot while and they're just sitting there. Everyone's just like, <laughs> everyone's like this, <laughs> and it's the dumbest looking thing that you've ever seen. They're like, oh, <laughs> it looks so bad. Oh, and. I, I can't believe that only the patrons got to see our Star Trek The Next Generation shaking. I think That's that, why you should become patron. Uh, I think that uh, they should see the first half of Everybody should see the first half of that. So they know the jiggly things that they're missing. What they're missing, yeah. The and jiggles the patron, occur through the wormhole. Yeah, the only thing the patrons are going to see is you surviving it. You coming out of it. Right. That's important. Yeah, someday we'll actually have a wormhole animation. It'll make that better. Maybe someday we'll have a wormhole. Yeah. Why, why don't you think big? Just well, do the we'll Doctor to, Who thing. That's, that's between Osman and Reeves to figure that out. <laughs> and what did you decide on cuisine, by the way? Did you make a decision? Did you commit? I think I'm going to go Thai food. I'm trying to look for I can't find the... Oh, there's the noodles. I so I had an office in Boston that was underground, and it was next to a Thai place. And yeah. there was no air conditioning in it. It was incredibly hot most of the time. And so we always had to have the door open there. One day they did a promotion where they were giving out samples. And this girl stood outside for like six hours, literally all day. Every time somebody walked by, she would hold the thing out and say, Taya, you'll love it. (laughs) With this fake laugh. (laughs) Everything. And so she did this. Yeah, this fake laugh for like hours and hours. And I couldn't shut the door because it was like 90 degrees. Oh, and so, oh so you had to hear it all, oh, day. So I heard this all day long. And at a certain point, she was just kind of dead in the eyes and expressionless, but still doing the laugh. And I thought, oh, both our lives are terrible. right now. Nobody wins. <laughs> Except for those people getting the free sample of delicious Thai food. That's right. Yeah. And I hope they loved it. It's and, been almost 20 years and now. And hearing the joke once and thinking it was hilarious. And then, you know, they can't wait to tell their buddies. Oh, you're yeah. not going to believe what happened underground in Boston. Anybody walking by, they hear it once and, and they get some food. Life is good for them. A pun and some food. That's a good deal for free. I heard it a thousand times. I never got any food either. Mm. Not like she, she came in and said, here, thank you for putting up with our promotion for today. Mm-hmm. Here's whatever Thai delicacy you've earned through your exposure to my, my horrible laugh. But no, 
Every time I hear somebody say something about Thai food like that, it just, just jumps in my head. Oh, well, I'm sorry that Thai food is ruined for you. And they add so many fees that. to delivery. That's what you get. Jeez. Not going out and getting it yourself. I know. What if you, what if you had a fast food retrieval bar? Robot? No. Mm. Not a bad idea. There you go. So, like I said, on the other side of the wormhole, you know, Baseweight wants to know how, mm. how to keep his wife, his future wife around what what's it like with uh your caregiver does um oh god i don't i am probably does any of like the electrifying uh, items like cause any friction no pun intended no or is that she's just kind of laid back she doesn't care like she she just does her own thing i think i think as long as it's not like you know you don't i mean wait is this person do youtube or how, how do our lives over for my advice to be uh, so he's mostly into music but i'd say his creative life is extremely similar to anybody's uh if they have a youtube channel so it's really the same same path but with a different outcome like artistic outcome i mean i think he is like a like a balance of doing what you want to do doing versus like doing what would make your caretaker happy and, and <laughs> if you don't find that balance then they won't be happy like if you do too much of your own stuff it's going to end poorly. But then if you don't do enough of your own stuff, you'll maybe be unhappy. Being more selfless, like sort of figuring out stuff that, that they would want to kind of, you almost get more leeway too. Like if you do, if you do put more effort into making them happy, doing more stuff they want to do, then you can kind of get away with more of what you want to do. So meeting her, by the way, was one of the highlights of VidCon. For yeah. It, it really truly was. I feel like um, people are more excited about uh, caretaker than me. <laughs> yeah, we should, like, we should see if she'll do the podcast. Yeah, it's like this is the lunatic, and then this is the person that somehow puts up with the lunatic. Well, this what was so cool about it. And number one, she's the coolest person. Interesting. Uh, just it, I could have talked to her for hours and hours endlessly. Right. Yeah. So that's it's standalone thing. But the really cool, like relevant to this podcast thing, is that it was so obvious that she is. 100% supportive of all the crazy things that you do. Yeah. In a really unique way. It's, it's, uh, she gets it. You know, I mean, sometimes I feel like she, you know, still gets frustrated, but she knows that this is like an opportunity that not many people get. And she, you know, I mean, she basically like paid all the bills for like the first, you know, couple mm -hmm. of years. Like we sort of did like a switcheroo. So like in college, I was working and she was kind of working, but I think she stopped working when she was getting her master's. And I was paying for everything. We were living at my parents' house, so there was no rent. But like, I paid for like some of her uh, like um, like tests for her credential and stuff like that, and, and other things in general. And so then once once I graduated, I started trying to do my own thing, which was you know non YouTube stuff, like trying to you know build like a little product to Kickstarter crowdfund, and then to you know kind of making making YouTube videos or doing contract work and. She basically allowed that to happen. And, and so she's, you know, pretty awesome in that regard. She was like basically willing to let me be a loser. I mean, like my grandma literally wrote a letter to me saying like, give up on your dreams. It was kind of shitty. I, I don't know if I, whoa. Yeah. And it was like, oh, like heavy. You know, yeah, it was like, go get a, you know, go get a job and like take care of your wife kind of thing. And so it was like that sort of stuff where, you know, she was very supportive of it, which I think was, I you know, still think is amazing. Well, then I have two follow-up questions. First of which is just a comment, I guess, because that kind of leads into Jesse's question about being pressured mm. by friends and family about not doing your job. But before we get to that and you talk, you can expand upon 
the grandma letter a little bit. Oh yeah. Was was she was you was was your caregiver taking care of you while you were laser cutting Vin Diesel out of ham? That's all I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because that's amazing. It's one thing to be like, honey, I'm building a business. I'm going to do a Kickstarter, and you know, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. It's another thing to be like, <laughs> come home from work, and you just have like, like ham slices all over the place, and you're like, trust me, this yeah. is going to lead to something good. <laughs> Yeah. I think the, the worst part of that for her, though, was that I kept it in the freezer for like a year and a half. <laughs> the the bust, the sculpture. So it was taking oh. up space in the freezer and it was getting, oh. it was like freeze drying, you know, like, like, like the ice is sublimating out. And so it starts getting really dehydrated. And so okay, it looked like wait, someone wait. had sliced them with a thousand razor blades because all the things <laughs> were separating. So at what point do you throw that out after a year? When it, When is the day to throw away... The Vin Diesel. When the sculpture. house burned down. Oh, so you didn't have to make you didn't have to make a hard decision, no, did you? No, I didn't have to get rid of Vin Diesel because the you know nature did that for me. Nature, yes. Yeah. I this honestly it's, it's swept in. A little bit of a relief that I didn't have to make that decision. Yeah. It was out of your hands. Yeah. We've talked, uh, Kevin and I, through however many years now. Uh, we've been both through different stages of having uh, you know supportive people and people who like take your stuff seriously. And it really matters. It really makes a difference. Like the other night I was you know, like, I'm exploding in the living room, uh, whatever. And, you know, Maura comes in, she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm watching Quackity pretend to be a girl on Facebook. And you know, <laughs> like, he's getting called by these Indian men. Uh, and they don't, you know, they don't realize that he's a boy. And like, she stops me and she's like, She's like, I don't care. I'm glad you're happy. See you later. Exactly. She's like, I'm going to go back into the kitchen. Just do your thing. Like, I'm out. (laughs) You know, so I didn't need her to sit down and watch the video with me. I just needed her to, like, be okay with me doing it. Right. And And that's fairly rare. Not make some snide remark about you wasting your time when you're clearly just having fun and and letting off some steam. She's like definitely like one of the most supportive people. I think my mom too. I think my mom is like my number one fan, which is sort of hilarious. Uh, and uh, the only the only shit I've gotten is is from my grandma, who doesn't know anything about anything. Like this is you know <laughs> territory at all. You know this wasn't even YouTube too. This was like in regards to like this like the Kickstarter thing I was trying to do. I was building this little tiny like gardening sensor, which is even like a, a worse thing to like. You shit on like you know it's like the, that's a legitimate solid idea yeah right and it, you know i mean like who whatever but still it's like the youtube stuff i get like that sort of from the outside can seem really dumb where you're, you're like this dude, like you're never going to have success doing this like just get a job but that's i think why that like one for my grandma still bothers me a little bit i don't think my grandma likes it. my dad my dad's not bad but he would send me job applications he still kind of does he sent a one, bit of a hint on that is not yeah but, you know, he gets it. Like, I sort of tell him about all the stuff we do and, like, the, the you know, the ad revenue we can generate and stuff like that. And it's like, it's like oh, okay. <laughs> like, they still don't get it, but they know that you've, like, you've become successful doing it. And so they, they know that they have, they can't say So I, I don't know what, what order we're going to release things on. But I was talking to my friend, Sean, who will either be on an episode before or after somebody sees this, who knows? Sean probably, Malone. Probably, uh, probably after. I think after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys will come to get to know him eventually. 
Um, but anyway, we were thinking like, how do you measure why the stuff you do on YouTube matters? And we were thinking that if you get a watch time, that's a number of years that's greater than the years that you've lived. Mm -hmm. Humanity has spent more time watching your material than you've spent alive. How many people in human history can claim that kind of metric? Not a lot. No. Point of zero one. Think of it this way. This is my favorite way of thinking about it. Take all those hours and multiply it by minimum wage. Oh, yeah. That's That's the amount of value created. That's the amount of value or like in a way. Yeah, it's like a good indication of like that, like what people, how people value their time and what they spent their time on. That's a really cool way I to look at I never thought about it that way. I like that. Yeah, it's I, good. I really like that. We're going to have to crunch some numbers. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's horrifying. The numbers are horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, that's a good justification to, to get somebody to understand that what you're doing at least has value to a lot of other people. Maybe not to them which there are a lot of YouTube channels that have zero value to me, even right. though I work in YouTube a lot. Most of them. Yeah. Probably but I, most of them, but I can't argue with the fact that like the rest of, of the human race likes them or a portion of them right. does, you know? Yeah. That's crazy though. That, you know, it's going to happen though. Anytime you do something that strays from that degree or work experience or even, you know, like your dream on it, you do get that subtle, line of questioning it's like why don't you use your powers for good like skepticism yeah yeah i come i've come to terms recently with the fact that we're gonna have to be the first old like really old people that actually understand any of this like for let me explain that a little bit more like for years like 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 five years ago okay i was thinking well five years from now everyone will understand youtube and this won't be this like black box of like weird like unintelligible nonsense. I'm, I'm over that. Like that's not happening. It's not mm. going to happen in f- the next five years. It's not going to happen in five years after that. Yeah. It's only going to happen when we're like the 65 year olds. Yeah. It's like the whole like back. generational shift. It has the, to be the a most full common, generation. Most common question people ask family, friends or whatever. It's like, Oh, and you make money doing that. And it's always like kind of insulting because it's not like, it's like, it's like, Oh, are you able, you know, is that, does that pay your bills? It's always like, that makes money. Almost like kind of they're grossed out by like that. What you do is like, I don't know. My, I had a surgical consult a year ago. Yeah. And that's exactly what the guy said. It's making small talk. You know, as he's like flipping through my file, whatever, he's like, what do you do you know, for a living? I'm like, Oh, I, you know, I, I help out working on, science and math videos uh, they're on youtube um that's that's all i said and he's like you can make a living doing that it, he's like exactly all right cringe like Lord. what you just said go get a real job <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> you live and in your parents basement is, <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is that when the uh the like estimate kind of for the surgery came through it was less by like two or three thousand dollars than a, a sponsorship that i had just seen yeah. go through yeah. And I was like, boy, I know a total ding dong who just <laughs> <laughs> made more money, like shouting out something for 30 seconds than, right. than you're going to make cutting me open safely. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but so, yeah, nobody understands what that's like. Yeah. And it's don't. like they, they understand like people understand it from like a traditional media aspect of like, oh, yeah, if you're on TV, you must be making millions of dollars. But like I've I've seen like day rates for 
uh, you know, I have some friends who've done some TV stuff and it's like, it's like for how inconsistent the work is like, it's not a lot of money. Like it's almost no. very how little money you get paid for how, you know, like, oh, you get two weeks of work and then you have to go find another gig. Like if you made that money every day, it'd be great. But like, you know, you need to have a job, like a consistent source of income. But then the instant it turns to like YouTube, it has such like a kind of a connotation of like being an amateur um, that, you know, people just assume that it's like a hobby. Yeah, the, the being an actor, I think is very scary uh, from like, that's way riskier to me. Yeah. Because it's like, even if you somehow get on a hit show and maybe that hit show runs for two or three seasons, if you're lucky. I mean, the amount of people who are on hit shows that run for like seven, eight, nine, forget Small. Yeah, like that, the, the <laughs> percentage is like, you talk about a bunch of zeros with a one at the end. That's that. Yeah. Everybody else is lucky if they get one big break where they're on one show that was like mildly successful for a couple of seasons. And it's like, yeah. And I think wow, the whole industry like can be very grand. like predatory too, where you can be famous, you can be making some decent money, but still you have no security and people treat you like shit. Like they can just, I mean, like look at all like the Harvey Weinstein stuff and like the, the, the gross, like Hollywood abuse where it's like, you know, even if you have some level of success in traditional media, you still have no control of anything. Like you're just at the whim of, of someone else and like, they'll make you feel bad. I've talked to a couple of people about this who have basically said that they're, they're jealous of YouTubers who have found success because they have complete control of everything. Like you don't have to listen to someone else give you shit. Like you don't have to take, you know, smack from anyone. Like you can just do whatever you want. And if you're successful doing it, like that's, it, it literally doesn't get better. You just you can do anything. And, and so it's, you know, arguably better than traditional media, but you know, you're like, nobody understands that or very few no, people. Not until we we're the old people. Yeah. One, one day we'll tell the story. The real, when we're the real boomers and not just like the <laughs> yeah. mean boomers. Get off my lawn. <laughs> and that, yeah. But then they will be like, you know, the, the, the clouds will be the TV of the future. You look into the sky and it's beamed straight in your retinas. And we won't understand that. So, <laughs> exactly. Well, wait. You can make money staring at clouds. Like that's that's so <laughs> stupid. And the kids are like, "No." <laughs> like, Why don't you get a traditional job like, like being a YouTuber? Yeah, <laughs> yeah go. <laughs> exactly. Go go carve ham sandwiches like your yeah, like, like, your, like, like did. your father did. Like I did. <laughs> Buckle your bootstraps and go buy a pack of sandwich meat. <laughs> and then stick it in the freezer for a year. Um, dude, this was great. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs> I absolutely adore your channel. It's so good. Thank you. Man, I, I feel like I didn't even get into all the questions. We'll have to have you back sometime. So I can yeah.